0: This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reineck. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So we're nearing the end of the year, and this is the time where we all take stock of our portfolios and we look forward to see what we can change in them, and hopefully we will do better next year based on you know how we did in the year. But some things are just out of our control, like for the most part, performance. If you were a growth investor in 2017, obviously, as we've talked about many times, you did very, very well. If you're a value investor, you did well, but not quite to the level of the growth investors. So value investors you know, we're going to finish in the positive for the year. And that's nothing to really complain about. But we just didn't get the go-go levels of the growth investors. So I have no idea and neither does anyone else. If they say they do, I wouldn't really believe them. But I have no idea how growth or value stocks are going to fare in 2018, because these are kind of still the unknowns. But what I do know is that historically, small cap value has outperformed, and it has underperformed the last few years. It's tried to make a comeback a couple times and then just kind of petered out, and it's petering out right now again. <laughs> Those small cap growth stocks are still completely dominating the value, but that could mean that 2018 is finally going to be one of its breakout years because it doesn't underperform for forever, as we know. So the longer it underperforms, I feel the closer we're going to get to finally seeing a big rally in those small cap value stocks. But- You know, my crystal ball is not uh, really clear on this, so it may happen and it may not. So as a value investor, I want to prepare for the other scenario that the growth keeps going and that um, the value still continues to underperform. So what I need to do is to look for different fundamentals than just my normal straight-up P.E. value fundamental in order to try to capture some of that growth. So why not screen for both the growth and the value? That's a pretty rare combination. And we've talked about it a couple of times on the podcast in the past, but if you can find it, that good combination of both the things that investors love, then it can boost a portfolio in times, like we're seeing right now, where the pure value plays are in the doghouse And you need some of that growth to give the boost to um, your overall holdings. So I decided to run a simple screen this week. And I only looked for just a few items. I looked for Zach's Rank's of one, which is the strong buy, two, which is the buy, or three, which is the hold. Now the threes are the biggest category of the Zacks rank. It makes up something like 60% of the stocks. So a lot of stocks are gonna be in that threes, but I didn't want it to be super narrow. And the threes, the holds are fine. Um, it does it's not a negative connotation to be the hold, especially with how often the rank changes. So I included all three and then I looked for the peg ratio, which we've used to find the growth in the past for under one, and the peg under one usually indicates that a company is undervalued. Now remember what the peg is again it's the price per earnings over the growth. And then there's also this little snafu when you're using the PEG actually, where the PEG does not necessarily mean a low PE. You could have the low PEG, you could have the PEG under one because those earnings estimates are rising. So the PE still looks attractive. And you're getting extraordinary growth of some sort in that earnings growth. So that wouldn't be too bad to own though, um, if that's the scenario, right? So I like using the PEG to find this growth combination. And so I ran this screen again with the ranks of one, two, or three and the PEG under one. And I got 148 stocks. And that's a lot more than I thought I was going to get. thought I might get like 50 or something, but no, 148. So then I took a look through those to see if there was some kind of pattern on what sectors and industries they were in. And there obviously were some of them were in the usual suspects that we know are cheap and that have growth, like the semiconductors. I've talked about them on the podcast several times, and I did a whole episode on whether or not they were value or value traps just recently. So be sure to check that out if you're interested in the semis. And we know they're cheap. We know they have growth. But some of the other areas might have surprised you. So I'm going to give some stock picks out of these areas that um, are looking kind of good going into 2018 and things you might not have considered. Like I said, there are 148 stocks, so there's quite a few, and I'm going to cover a few other just sectors that some were in and not necessarily give as many stocks out of there because some of those are interesting too. So let's get right to the stock picks then. So the energy stocks, as I've talked about many times, have been mostly forgotten by investors. And this is the first group that I saw some interesting plays in. Of course, the Zacks rank was bad on these stocks for well over a year probably like 18 months as those earnings estimates were cut so you had fours and fives sells and strong sells on the Zacks rank with most in this group but that has changed and instead of seeing the declining earnings we're now seeing a rise in the earnings and the analysts are kind of a little bit behind on some of these guys and so that means when they're putting out information on their production and um, you know other things like that, or even on the earnings reports, the analysts are having to go in and raise their estimates and they're getting more bullish about 2018. So now some of these are showing up in some of these screens I'm running and because they're still fairly cheap. So an example in that area is Diamondback Energy. That's the ticker FANG, F-A-N-G. I know this is a popular stock. It's an exploration and production company. They've got the reserves in the Permian, which is the key area you want to be in. They have a peg of 0.8 because they're expected to grow earnings of 167% this year, which we're almost done with, 2017, and then another 20% in 2018. So that's not too shabby. Like I said, the analysts see better times ahead for a lot of the energy. Companies in 2018. Now they have a PE of 22. So if you were screening only by PE for stocks, you would not have seen this if you're a classic value investor. But because that PEG is lower and it's got that earnings growth, then this is a value based on the PEG ratio, which um, I do think is an interesting metric to be using, like I said. So that's one to keep on your list. Diamondback Energy Fang. Let's switch over to the home builders. I've talked about these a couple times as well. And I mainly covered them, um, I think earlier in the year, the first half of 2017, they really aren't getting any love from investors either. Like no one ever talks about the home builders. Toll Brothers just recently reported and it was okay, but they're on the higher income level. And some people are concerned about the tax reform plan and the mortgage interest deduction, what it might do to Toll Brothers sales. So that kind of put a damper on the industry a little bit. But the stocks have soared in 2017. So someone is getting in, institutional buyers, others, but you don't ever hear anyone talking about it on any of the financial media shows. Or when I talk about it, nobody seems to care either but they really should be getting the rockstar treatment, I feel. Several of these showed up in my screen, including two of the largest home builders. So let's just cover them. I've covered both of them before. KB Home is the first one. KBH is the ticker. They have a peg of 0.7. They're supposed to grow earnings 23% next year in 2018. And that's on top of 57% this year. They have that big backlog of homes and those home sales are still strong. Their PE is actually a classic, value PE at 14.2. So they're still pretty cheap, even though the shares are up really huge this year. Now they're reporting early in the earnings season next year. So they're reporting on January 10th already. So that's going to be one of the big ones to watch because they're kind of going to lead off the home builders here. Um, I also own KB Homes in the value investor portfolio. And that's the portfolio that I run here at Zacks. It has about 25 stocks in it right now. And we bought this earlier in the year, even though it was hitting new highs, just based on the strength of what the economy was doing, and that people are really hot to trot for housing right now. So that's worked out real well for us. But I still like a lot of the home builders. The other one is Polte. Am I saying that right? I'm not sure. I am Polte. I think I am. Um, you know me and my pronunciations, but we all know what it is. It's PHM, and they also have very attractive valuations here. They're peg is 0.9. They grew double digits earnings this year and expected to grow 37% next year. So again, really strong earnings growth with both of these companies. They have a P a a little bit higher, 16.9. But again, because they got that big growth, the peg is attractive. Now the home builders are in the construction sector technically, and that's the number one Zacks sector rank right now. They've got the number one rank. They're at the top of the totem pole, higher than technology actually, and year to date, this area on um, overall, and that that also includes a lot of the normal construction companies, and it's more than just home builders, obviously, that is up nearly 25% year to date. So you can see that that's been obviously one of the hottest sectors. And that's why it's the top of the ranks. So I still like it going into 2018. That's one to keep in mind. And then let's switch over to some of the leisure stocks, like I call these the travel stocks, leisure and hospitality, hotels, and other things in that realm. This is still really hot too because people want experiences I've heard a lot of people giving experiences as gifts this holiday season, so they're actually buying um, you know if you're you know someone who likes architecture they're buying architectural tours for someone they're buying somewhat if you can afford it, vacation type of experiences as gifts. So that's why travel is still doing really well. So the one stock in this area you might want to watch is Royal Caribbean. That's the cruise liners. The ticker is RCL. So they have a peg of 0.8. They're trading with a PE of 17, so that's not too shabby. And they are expected to see earnings growth of 15.4% next year, and that's coming off of 21% for this year. Now, fuel costs are still very attractive for them because crude is not sky high, and just the demand is there. It is a very competitive industry, but um, a lot of these brands are able to move their ships around. They're getting into some new markets like Asia, And that's really driving the demand. So, Royal Caribbean is one to watch there. And then, a fourth area that nine stocks came up on in this sector is one we also have talked about and it's starting to see a recovery and that's the retailers. Now not all of these stocks are ones that I would necessarily be jumping in. So I did have to look around at them. Macy's was one of the ones in this group. I know I talked about it on the blue chip stocks that are cheap and whether or not you should buy them podcast. So you might want to check out that one. It was much cheaper than it's still cheap, but you're not getting quite as much of a deal. So to me that's kind of a drag even though it's Still cheap, so the P is still 7.6 on Macy's, the Peg is 0.9. Earnings expected to be up 9% this year, but you got to kind of watch what's going to happen for 2018. Still expected to decline there of 26%. So while the story is getting better, uh, I don't think the analysts are totally buying in that the worst may be over here. So Macy's is still kind of out there as a retailer, but that story is kind of known now. Another one you might want to watch and this is a smaller cap is The Tile Shop actually. You might not have heard of this one. Its ticker is TTS. It has 138 stores in 31 states and the District of Columbia. It is trading under $10 and I know how some of you like those kinds of stocks. You're tired of the ones that are, you know, over $100. So this is under 10. It has a peg of 0.8 It does have a higher P.E., as I said, just because the PEG is cheap doesn't mean that the P.E. is going to be... So the P.E. is 22.1 here. And the earnings growth doesn't look that great for 2017. It's declining slightly for 2017 and again for 2018. But you do have some good sales growth, which I thought was interesting. Sales growth up 8% this year and 10% next year. The reason I kind of singled out the tile shop is because it's in an area like the home builders that is one of the hot areas. Anything they have to do with home renovations or money being spent on the home, is in high demand right now and consumers are spending. So this is one you might wanna go and do some more research, listen to their conference calls and kind of see what's going on with their business, whether or not they can compete with other companies like Lumber Liquidators that also does some tile work And, you know, the big guys like Home Depot and Lowe's, are they competing with that? So these are just a few ideas, like I said, where the peg is very attractive here. And you might want to look more into the story. Now, a couple areas where there was also a lot of representation was in the investment banks and managers. A lot of these are dirt cheap. There were eight companies in the screen in this area. And some of those, like an example of one would be Blackstone, that ticker is BX, they have a peg of 0.6. So a lot of these are cheap. Their asset base is expanding. It's rising in some cases to record levels because of the stock market. So if they're managing everybody's money and it's in stocks and bonds and all that is doing well, then their assets under management will rise. And that's a good thing for these types of companies. So that's an area you might wanna also snoop around in. So again, remember, always investigate your company before buying them because you are an owner when you buy. This was a very basic screen, as I said. It's just the peg and the Zacks rank, nothing more. So it doesn't tell you the fundamentals or even you know, basically what the outlook is for 2018. We're seeing in most of them, the earnings estimates looking pretty good for 2018, but what else does that mean? We don't know. What could go wrong? We don't know. So use your investigative skills to find out more about these companies. But using the PEG ratio allows us as value investors to get that growth into our portfolio without really betraying our value principles. We do have those principles and we're patient, we're willing to wait around. So, a PEG is a way to kind of get the boost in there of some growth without having to buy companies where the PE is sky high, you know, over 100 or whatever, to get that growth. You can get it. And I'll have more about 2018 on the next few episodes of the podcast. And as I said at the beginning, this is my favorite time of the year for investing. There's always optimism in the air about the new year, and we can start with a clean slate. So that's all you know, f- very fun at this time of the year. So I'm still finding value in this market, and we're finding it every week. We do have to dig deep sometimes, um, but those earnings estimates are on the rise for next year. So that's still giving us some attractive PEs. I don't feel like there's real overvalued areas in the market right now. Tech is probably the worst, but you can find some values there, as we've said, with the semiconductors and a few other areas. So I'm going to keep an eye on all this. And again, you can find all of our podcasts on iTunes, you can subscribe over there. I encourage you to do so on the Value Investor Podcast, which is a standalone show over there now. So be sure to subscribe and check out that semiconductor podcast. It's the one that's just called Semiconductors, Value Stocks or Traps. We just did that one and we're waiting still on Mike to report. They're reporting on December 19th. So we're going to get more of insight into the semiconductors when they report. But yeah, there's a lot going on. So be sure to tune in for 2018 and I'll see you next time.